Your Tech Life at CES Live podcast brought to you by Belkin Wemo, the home automation for the future that is now. You can automate your lights, you can control your lights, you can control almost every element of your home with Belkin Wemo. You just need to look at the new sensors, the dongles, the, the everything they've announced here at CES, and I'll cover all that on the website and the podcast soon. But the Belkin Wemo, proud supporters and proud sponsors of your tech life. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. It is, I'll be honest, 11.30 at night on uh, day two of the CES show, which is the fourth day of kind of the, the, the activities that I've been involved in because you have we have the Undark Vale, then we have the Press Day, and then we have Day 1, Day 2, Day 3, and Day 4. Now, we're not going to make it to Day 4. I think my legs won't probably make it, but we'll see how we go. Day 2 was dominated for me with a, a good, long, and strong tour of the South Pole of CES. Talked about that briefly with Stephen Fennick on, on Two Blokes Talking Tech, and I'm trying my best to make sure that I offer you two very separate pieces of information through your tech life and then Two Blokes Talking Tech, but... I went to a lot of trouble today to find as many drones as I could because I really had this sense that the drone was was dominating here. And um, I've put up on EFTM.com today a huge range of drones that I've found. So let me have a look here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different companies, including the kind of incumbents, um, DJI and Phantom. But the other nine are all absolute nobodies in terms of the market, and I think they offer pretty interesting products. There's a bunch of Chinese ripoffs in there, if we're honest, um, that are flimsy, plasticky, and, and I don't think even worth the cheaper value that they offer. But there's a couple there, including the, um, I think it's the Zeno, uh, um, which is actually uh, part owned by an Australian family, little tiny um, kind of portable selfie drone. Um, very, very cool little thing. There's the Max Aero. I encourage you to have a look at this one if you're into drones because it looks like it's going to be the closest to a DJI Phantom without being a DJI Phantom. Um, it's styled the same way. All the different things has the same weight and so, solid um, packaging. So I think that's probably going to be the best uh, knockoff, if you like. It comes in a couple of colors as well. So Max might be the one to watch. But the, the interesting thing about drones is, and I think the Hexo Plus is the one that dominates it for me, is the idea that you don't need to actually fly the drone. The idea is a drone should fly itself and, and have a destination and a, and a path plotted. Now, the idea of the Hexo Plus is you, you actually use your iPhone. So you, you, you sit the Hexo Plus drone, you kind of start it up, get it going, it, it connects with your iPhone, and then you tell it what you want to do. Now, the options, I don't have all of them on me, but for example, the first option is to follow you. So you say follow, and then you say launch say launch it takes off and it flies in the air and it follows you so if you're walking it will literally just follow you because your phone has gps that gps coordinate is then transmitted to the drone and it's able to follow you and the camera point at you um so walking along a mountaintop uh driving along a road i don't know it's it seems to be a very interesting thing so another one is fly away so you hit fly away it and you launch and then it takes off sits in front of you and then seconds later flies away a great way to do a kind of um you know deep but but uh distant selfie if you like <clears throat> another one is a dolly effect so side by side so you tell it where you are and then it just moves side by side or in and out a couple of different effects there there's a 360 that it can do so all these things that i've tried to do with with the drone that i have and they're, they're, they're possible but 
it's hard to do it with me in the shop because I'm holding this huge controller. So that's really interesting. And I think the Hexo Plus is probably the, the style of drone that may actually have the most success in market outside of the, the hobbyists who are actually you know, looking to be kind of mini pilots. Now, I mentioned that because I'm, I'm dubbing you know, 2015 the year of the drones, it's going to create a problem. It's going to create a problem for regulators. And I had a chat with a couple of the drone companies, and, and I think they're on board with, with where we are here. Um, I think they understand what needs to happen to the point where one of them said, you know, technology could be built into drones that restricts them from flying in certain areas. So you have no-fly no zones. So if you want to sell a drone in Australia, your drone has to have the capability to restrict a height above 5 or 10 metres, um, or maybe 3 to 5 metres, if you're within range of an airport. It has to automatically, and not be overridden, have a, a fixed height restriction of 120 metres in, in metro areas. It should, we should be working towards a proximity sensor and notification regime where not only can they stop colliding with themselves, because there could be lots of them out there, but they should, um, you know, they should have sensors not to collide with buildings. Um, and I think those are all things that if they were put in place and, and CASA, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, talked about them with the companies and, and the users, I think we'd have some real luck with that. So I hope that's what happens. Um, and I hope the, the idiots of the, of the world that buy the cheap, cheap, cheap drones um, don't cause us problems. Um, be very interesting to see how that goes. And as I've said before, the Consumer Electronics Association says that $130 million will be spent on drones in 2015, growing to $1 billion in 2018. You're listening to Your Tech Life. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technologies. Um, and quickly, while I'm talking Garmin, I was at their stand today. Excuse me. And a um, couple of things I saw. They have the, the new Phoenix, which is their you know, high-end trekking watch, but it's a total smartwatch now. So it's, it's not only doing altitude, barometer, compass, uh, sports and fitness. It's also now doing smartwatch connectivity. So it's giving you alerts from your phone and different things like that. That's going to be a, a real winner in the market. And I think at a price of around $700, it will be successful, even though that sounds like a premium. I think for a product like that, it's not unexpected. The um, Vivo Fit range is, is going to get a, a bit of a makeover or the ability to, to have your own makeover by buying, you know, designer wristbands and you put your own vivo fit in there and you just change the band i think as a fashion accessory that's a really important thing for garmin the other one and this is really cool garmin have a reversing camera a wireless reversing camera and it's only been available in their higher end nuvi models but what's happening now is they're making the reversing camera compatible with even their 150 dollar sat nav so you have a sat nav on the on the dashboard. You might pay a hundred odd dollars um, or more for the for the reversing camera, but it's apparently very easy to install, or, or you might get it installed. But once you've done that, you can press the reversing camera button on your on your GPS at any time and, and see the action behind you. Wireless just needs power, and you get that from the from the brake lights. Um, that's very interesting, and I think that's going to be a great little thing because, for example, my little Mazda two doesn't have a reversing camera. But we can, we can have that with the Garmin uh, reversing camera. So that's very cool. Uh, Your Tech Life, uh, third show from the show floor here at CS. It's 11.30 at night, so it's nice and quiet. And there's absolutely no one here in the North Hall. Um, there are some security guards sitting at a couple of the stands, one or two security guards at the doors. There's normally 50 doors, and I could only find one, which was a long way away, but we got there in the end. And, um, and there's a few cleaners around uh, but they've already been through here. It's 11.39 and the, the carpets in here are all clean. The bins are cleared. So they're working very hard here at the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. They do a great job. It's un. 
unbelievable and I think we need to organize next year for some sort of time lapse to happen because the transformation that occurs here um, in such a short space of time is amazing anyway <coughs> excuse me um, another fun one I saw today before I bring you an interview with uh, Patrick Lowe from Netgear um, the it's darts okay uh, they're called MUU darts now I don't play darts but let me put this to you um, darts apparently come in different weights and you might, if you're a darts player, you might have several sets of different weights. What these people have done is designed a set of darts that you can change the weight on. So by putting in little, little screw weights, you're actually weighing down or, or releasing weight from the darts. So you only need one set. That's cool. They've also invented a wristband, like a health tracker, but it tracks your darts. So you can you can have a few throws and then you can go to your iPad or Android tablet and look at those throws in in a in a analyzing software to understand which ones you know why how how the action goes so for for a sport like darts which is you know down the list if I can say it um, of sports that might get um, technology added to them that's unbelievable and the final thing they had <coughs> excuse me um, final thing they had was a dartboard that's electronic. Now you throw the dart at very normally, but it must have sensors behind the padding that tells it where the dart hit. And then there's an electronic scoreboard. So it's hooked up to a TV and you can actually see the score right away. Because if you're not into darts, God knows how they score it. I thought that was excellent. And I'll, um, I'll put that one up on EFTM as well, because I really did think that was a, um, a very cool little product that, um, that hopefully will, uh, will get some traction. And finally, before we talk uh, Netgear, uh, the Ring Video Doorbell. I reckon I'll get one of these. It's a doorbell that, when you press it, the doorbell's connected to your um, your mobile, uh, sorry, your mo Wi-Fi network, and it will actually ring or alert you on your mobile phone. So, what you do there is then you can actually click and see who's at the door. So I love that. I think it's very cool. Um, it has a lot of future potential. It's really just a doorbell at the moment. But you think about the idea of it then potentially um, linking with your front door and allowing the front door to open. Uh, that's when it gets interesting. You're listening to Your Tech Life live from Las Vegas, the consumer electronics show here at the Las Vegas Convention Center and surrounds. Um, uh, and I'm here thanks to Belkin Wemo. Uh, and a whole other range of products, and the podcast, as always, brought to you by Garmin. Now, uh, I sat down with Netgear CEO Patrick Lowe today after having a bit of a tour of their uh, 2015 product range, including a very interesting smart home appliance, uh, well, not appliance, but uh, security camera system, which I think could well be the uh, the product of 2015 in the uh, kind of home networking space or the home security space for sure. So let's uh, let's hear my chat with Patrick Lowe, CEO and co-founder of Netgear. All right, we're here at uh, Las Vegas for CES, and I'm joined uh, once again. It feels like an annual thing for us, Patrick, by uh, Netgear CEO Patrick Lowe. Good day, Patrick. Thank you, Trevor. Mate, um, we talk a lot. We've talked a lot about networking. We've talked about Wi-Fi. And I have to tell you that the one thing that has stuck with me uh, continuously over the last probably six months since you told me this, um, and I reckon I've given this advice to 100 people, is that your home network is only as fast as the slowest device on it. That has been a huge learning for me, and I think it's still a huge learning for the community um, because it affects so much of your home and your home network, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, imagine you have a Wi-Fi thermostat, which is slow as a snail, mm. and then you don't know about it, 
leave it on all the time. Of course, it has to be on all the time, yeah. right? Then you could have the biggest whiz bang gaming console. It's gonna be very, very slow because it's dragged down by the speed of your Wi-Fi thermostat. Thus, the importance of the uh, dual band and tri band routers that you've got going. You happy with how the Nighthawks have gone? This has been a big year for the Nighthawk. Oh, absolutely. We introduced a Nighthawk line about two years ago with the dual band. And then last year, we augmented it with the Nighthawk XX tri band. Both have been doing fantastically well, and we are really surprised by the reception of the market. So the focus, we've just had a little little tour upstairs and, and just, I guess, for a bit of perspective for people, you know, Netgear for you isn't about announcing products and showing the media the products. It's a really important retail showcase. You've got people here from JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, Dick Smith, um, people who, what, what they call buyers, for the, for the general public don't know this stuff, they're called buyers who are making decisions about what those stores are going to stock and so you spend time literally showing them the product range talking to them about what's happening um how hard is that process is it, is it does it difficult to convince them sometimes about the things that you're working on or are they really across where where we're going with the smart home and the internet of things well the beauty of it is the industry the market the media has been educating everybody about the smart home the connected home the internet of things for the home so I think every single merchants or buyers, as you say, from retail coming in is asking, okay, what's your vision? What's the future of the smart home? How can we work together to really, you know, ref up the installation of connected smart homes, you know, in, in Australia? So to us, there are two facets of it. One, one is the Wi-Fi network that powers the connection of the smart home. Second are the various devices that make the home smart. So right now, as we see it, the, the most popular or with the highest intent of purchase of devices, according to our end-user survey, um, the first and foremost is security monitoring camera. Uh, then the second one is uh, thermostat. Or, yeah, th that's the second biggest one. Mm. Then the third one's uh, Dolox. And then after that, uh, the sensors, the window sensors, the door sensors, and, and, then, uh, and then after that is the uh, light on-off switches and light bulbs. So those are various devices that you will see either will come under the Netgear brand or will be a third-party products integrated into the Netgear Arlo smart home platform in the next 12, 18 months. And, and Arlo um, is the result of an acquisition you made a few years ago of a small company that had uh, had a camera technology, which was pretty good. It was it was a good little piece of camera, and, and you, you continued it for a while, but I think you realized that you needed to do a little bit with the product, and I've just had a look at what will be the retail packaging, and just at a retail packaging level, it looks it looks excellent. It's a very clear and fresh brand, Arlo, a little picture of a bird in green. Um, and the cameras themselves, Patrick, um, are such a simple little thing. It's You can hold one camera in the palm of your hand completely wire-free. That, that's the most important part of the camera, surely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, you know, the good thing is that we started selling those little cameras through this acquisition about two years ago. And... You know, sometimes it's better to ask your customers what they want when you have something as a straw man, you know, in their hands. And then we've been getting feedback from our customers. They love the wire-free battery operation. However, what they would like to see is high definition. What they want to see is high frame rate. What they want to see is outdoor capability. What they want to see is day and night vision capability. What they want to see is really good motion detection. 
And, of course, the biggest thing for them is you've got to have a good cloud platform, not only for the camera, but for all the other smart home devices that could be integrated with the camera. I mean, just for example, what we'd like, like to see is if the camera detects motion, not only that, it would start recording the video, it would turn on the lights, mm. you know, off of the door or the, or the driveway or inside some of the rooms of the house. So those feedback, we take it on, and we use the last 18 months to put it all into the Allo platform. The, um, the, the, the camera turning on itself is, is a great thing, but the, the importance of the cloud, I don't think has ever been more so than what I've seen today because you've got amazing networking solutions. You know, you can have a, a network storage at home, and it, I think it would have been uh, a failure to say, oh, the camera will re- record to your network storage because that, A, isn't always easy to set up, and B, it doesn't give you the remote capability. So what I just saw was the ability to log into a website from anywhere in the world or any smartphone in the world, whatever you like, um, with your username and password and see one or more properties that you have and the cameras that are there and actually watch them live or view the clips that it's recorded at any one time. That's the cloud platform that you're referring to. Oh, absolutely. So that cloud platform, uh, as you mentioned, could be accessible through any browser website but more to that we actually develop apps on the android kindle and ios platform that you you bypass the web browser we use the app and the app is not only useful for monitoring and seeing the, the, the streaming it actually helps you to manage and to set up the system as well and and also you know let you to use it to change the rules you know the the, the schedule of of all the various devices in the smart home. Yeah. So Arlo, it feels like to me is going to be one of the key focuses for the year for you uh, coming to Australia in March. Yes, we would intend to to bring Arlo the entire platform into Australia in March. And when you say the entire platform, you mean a cloud, a server base for the cloud as well? Exactly. It's the cloud, the server, all the apps, and um, and the cameras uh, in, in March. No later than April, for sure. And so from a retailer perspective, this is um, this is critical because there's been plenty of security systems out there. Um, you can buy them. You've got to run cable. Some of them have been wireless, but then they require power. Um, but they're, they're, they come at a price, and they don't have the simplicity. This is out of the box. Anyone can do it in a very short space of time. That's, that's your, you're confident of that, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So certainly you would find much cheaper cameras that is high definition. However, it doesn't have the outdoor capability. It doesn't have the motion detection. It doesn't have the night vision. Uh, it doesn't have the weatherproof capability. Or you would find high definition camera of similar you know, quality of video, uh, but at a significantly higher price. So if you look at the whole combination of the ease of installation, the battery operation, the tininess uh, of the camera, that you can hide it anywhere in the front yard or in the backyard, battery operated, weatherproof. There's no competitor in the market today. So what next then? Is that, um, is that just the, you mentioned the, the, the kind of research you've done and the, and the, the top things in the smart home. Um, I know that you've had some relationship announced with, uh, I think it's LifeX, the, the, the bulb company. Um, so you're basically going to work your way down that list and understand whether you form partnerships or whether you acquire or whether you just build products 
to become part of the smart home revolution over the next five years? Is that what I can understand is the future for Netgear outside of its networking capabilities? Exactly right, but it's not five years. It's 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so that means next CES, we're, we're going to see, um, you know, if, if, I, if I can paint the picture for people, you know, three shelves of products, you know, one, one shelf of beautiful routers and Nighthawks and stuff, and then, then another, another shelf of extenders, power lines, stuff like that, and then one whole shelf of smart home, perhaps next year, it's more like two or three shelves of smart home and, and the networking to support it because smart home is going to dominate the market. Does, do you see that as being the dominant part of your business in 18 months from now? I would not say it's the dominant part per se as yet, but it will definitely be, definitely be the dominant growth driver for the next few years. How do you feel about open platforms? Um, I, I have a lot of smart home things um, and I, I rely heavily on, on the service IFT. If this, then that. I think it's a. I think it's a fantastic service. Not brilliantly designed yet. Could do with a bit of uh, a kick up the bum in terms of user friendliness and 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 basic usability. But once you get to use it, this is a platform for the un- uninitiated that basically says, um, if 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 your platform supports it. So let's say you had a smart kettle that supported IFT, and you had a smartphone that supported IFT, and you had a, a light switch that supported IFT. You can say, when my smartphone is in this area, turn this light on and turn the kettle on. Now, the great thing about that platform is that as long as your, your company or your product supports it, you can get into it. Does, do you feel that Netgear should move towards part of that kind of platform or do you want to be a platform with Arlo and have other products come to you and be part of the Arlo platform? Well, certainly, I mean, we have to create the Arlo platform because we do not see any existing platform that offers the ease of use and ease of installation and integration capability as yet. But we're also working at the same time, you know, with industry, other standards such as all scenes, such as um, home kit and all that. We're not particularly parochial about which platform for you to use. Yeah. Uh, we do believe that we, we still be providing the back end, the cloud. Yeah. Whatever platform you would like to control the cloud and the devices, let the market decide. We'll, we'll be one entrant, but we'll also support all the other platforms yeah. as well. I think that the, the reason I ask that is because I think that allows someone who is an early adopter at the very least to, to look at products that are in the market from other companies, you know, whether they are window switches, for example. You know, they might be fifth down the list, but, you know, they exist in the market today and they, they literally could exist so that you could have a Kivo door lock, a, 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 it might be a window switch from Belkin, it might be a, an Arlo camera from, from Netgear and, you know, Netgear routers to support it. And all those things could work together seamlessly almost today with, with a, a support supporting mechanism like IFT. So, you know, I think that's the biggest challenge for the smart home is that it has to be easy for consumers, which you've absolutely nailed with Arlo. And I think the next step for consumers has to be made as easy. And that I guess that's your focus over the next 18 months um, as well as the product development. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this industry is still at the very early stage and we do believe things are going to shape out. Uh, just say networking years ago, we have competing standards and everybody finally standardized on TCP IP, mm. all right? Uh, same thing on physical layer. We, we get all kinds of configuration. Finally, everybody standardized on Ethernet. Mm-hmm. Um, phone operating system, and we got umpty number of phone operating system. Right now, everything is standardized practically into Android or iOS. So we, we'll see how the market shapes up. Yeah, you haven't been able to get to the show yet because you've been busy uh, um, wheeling and dealing with the uh, with the retailers. And it's a great credit to you, Patrick, that you are 
um, not only the, the boss of the company, the founder of the company, but you are the face of the company here at a place like this because it must give great credibility to, to a retailer to be able to go, here's, here's Patrick, he's the CEO, the founder or co-founder of the company. Uh, it gives them a great sense of, of realism about the organisation. Do you get that feedback and is that why you spend your time here making sure that you're here for these product demonstrations? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if the customers spend their time and their money um, traveling thousands of miles coming to, to our show floor, I absolutely would like to, you know, represent Netgear, show them my face and say, hey, we had the whole team over here. We're committed to the partnership. We're committed to the relationship. I think uh, it is great that, uh, you know, a lot of these customers, I've known them for years and seeing them at least twice a year, once here, once when I visit them. So uh, it is a great feeling. Yeah. So on the show floor, if you can get in there tomorrow, um, where will you make a beeline for? Where do you where do you visit first when uh, Patrick Lowe gets onto the show floor? Because it's massive. I mean, I've I've had about five hours on the show floor and I've seen about one percent of it. Where do where do you go first? I would first go to all the smart home devices yep. to see whether I could look for partnership acquisition. You know those things. Second is go over to look at the wearables because hunting for some Christmas gift idea for next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick, enjoy uh, a CS when you do get to the show floor. Enjoy the uh, the work that you're doing with the vendors and, and congratulations on Lala. It looks fantastic. Can't wait for it to come to Australia. Thank you so much, Trevor. See you soon in Australia. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you um, for listening. Thank you for downloading. And of course, thank you for your feedback. It's great to uh, get a few tweets. So if you're on the Twitter, uh, jump on at Trevor Long and, uh, and have, a, have a look because um, it's good to hear from you. So a couple of, couple of emails and tweets coming through um, acknowledging they're listening and it's good to hear that. It's great to know you're there, essentially, because I'm talking to myself here. I'm in a booth. There's no one else around. I'm talking to myself. So let me know you're there. Say hello. Uh, jump on the um, uh, jump on the email. Go to the website eftm.com.au or on Twitter at Trevor Long or at Your Tech Life or at EFTM or all three of them. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow with another show live from the show floor at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life with Trevor Long.